if today is a, is a big day in the life of Mobile, it's a loud day. Um, it will begin very soon, if not already, um, as the parades will begin again, and um, a Joe Can Day parade. I've never been to that parade. I was warned to kind of stay, that's one to stay away from. So I, I don't really know it firsthand, but what I've heard, I'll probably stay in West Mobile while all that's going on. But um, it's a loud day, in, in, a, in a manner of speaking, for the church. It's been a loud day for 2,000 years as we have celebrated this, this experience of the transfiguration on a mountaintop when Jesus was there with his three innermost circle, James and John and Peter. Jesus is praying, and the glory of God begins to be revealed in a very powerful way. And I want us to think about that today. We don't know how loud it was, but we know in our minds and in our imaginations and in our hearts that experience of divine glory is screaming at us. And we can hear from the cloud, just as James and John and Peter heard, if we are careful, if we are attentive and really listen, we can hear that voice say, this is my son. This is me. Now before we actually get to that mountaintop experience, I want to I want to kind of set the stage for us because I think it's important to see the context of all of this. In chapter 9 of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9 is a critical pivot point for the Gospel writer. Luke has taken us in, in chapter 9, he is, he, Jesus has sent out the twelve to go and proclaim the kingdom of God and to cure the sick. They have returned to him and they have told him all that they have done, all that they have seen. We're also told in chapter 9 that Jesus has fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And we're also told that it's, it's a little bit later in this, after the 5,000, that Jesus gathers his disciples and he asks them, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, you are the God's Messiah. And we find ourselves climbing the mountain to reach the mountaintop with Jesus and with Peter and with James and with John. Have you ever been to a really high mountain? I mean, like a high, a 14er. Raise your hand if you have. You've been on 14,000 feet. I have one time, it was at Pikes Peak, Colorado. And um, I, I, I did it the hard way. I drove our car <laughs> on those cutback and switchback roads all the way up Pikes Peak. And we climbed down to the parking lot and we trudged the remaining few hundred feet to the very top. The air is really thin. And it didn't take long for me to realize I'm not accustomed to altitudes, nor are my legs accustomed to walking. But while we were there, I saw something amazing. 
and then I heard it. First of all, it, it's cold. It was pretty cold. And this was in the summer. 14,115 feet. The air is thin and, the, and it's cold. And then all of a sudden, off the side of the mountain, a jet, a U.S. Air Force jet, flew by below us. <laughs> and then I heard it. I thought, that is freaky. When you're used to looking up to see a, a fighter plane or a jet, to be able to look down and see the top of that jet, that's a whole different perspective. It's a whole different world. And I want to, at least for me, it helps me to understand that what happens on a mountaintop is so different. It's different than what happens on level ground in the valleys of life, in the valleys of the world. When we have to look up to see great things happening, on the mountaintop we can look down and see great things happening. And on the mountaintop, maybe Peter, James, and John, and Jesus could look back and see all that had happened. Those, those 12 disciples being sent out to proclaim the good news, the kingdom of God, and to cure the sick. They could, they could look back and recollect what all had happened. They could look back and see 5,000 people fed out of five loaves of bread and two fish. They could look back and see all the teachings and hear the teachings and see the cures and, and, and the exorcisms. They could see all of that. And with Jesus there, they could look forward. And they could see what was coming. Even if they didn't fully understand it. Luke, in Luke chapter 9, we have this incredible account of the transfiguration. I want to read it to us now. And keep in mind what has happened in Luke. And keep in mind where Jesus is going. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory, the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the clouds. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God, the people of God. So Jesus is there with these three, and Jesus is praying, and his face has changed. Against the glow, and his clothes become dazzling white in prayer. And these two men appear with him, Moses and Elijah. 
and they're speaking with Jesus about his glory. While they are in the midst of divine glory, they are speaking of Jesus' glory to come, of his departure. Luke uses the word exodus here. A great word to use. The exodus. Jesus' exodus. From this ministry, from this particular ministry, from that particular life into a new ministry, into a new life. Moses is there. Moses is familiar with Exodus. Elijah is there, the prophet. The prophet's familiar with Exodus. And they're talking to Jesus about his Exodus. It will take place in Jerusalem. When this glimpse of divine glory is beginning, beginning, to, be un, beginning to be revealed, it will be fully revealed in Jerusalem. Jesus' exodus and our exodus with him, an exodus, a flight from death and sin, a flight to a full life, an eternal life, that begins here and now, when Jesus arrives in Jerusalem and climbs another mountaintop to offer another view of God's divine glory. Glory that looks upside down from what we expect. A view and a perspective that is unlike we have except through Jesus. And as Luke tells us, through Jesus alone. That's one of the things that caught my attention in this reading this year. Was that when Elijah and Moses leave in that cloud, find Jesus alone. Jesus alone will lead us through this exodus. Jesus alone is the fulfillment of the law of Moses and the prophets. Jesus alone is all we need to climb the mountaintop, to descend the mountaintop, to live with the kingdom of God in the valleys, into the crowds who were waiting for them. They're waiting for Jesus. And one of the first occasions that they run into is a man yelling for Jesus to cure his son who is possessed. And the demon screams and throws the boy into convulsions. And Jesus heals the boy. of God that Jesus is encouraged and in those prophets and the law are revealed in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone 
And it's in Jesus Christ that the law and the prophets descend into the valleys of life and find new life, a whole life, a life in the kingdom of God where demons scream and people are hurting. And Jesus alone brings peace, brings healing, and brings wholeness between the mountaintops of transfiguration and crucifixion. And with those two mountaintops in view, we begin to have a full picture of the divine glory of God. Thanks be to God for His holy word, for His prophets and His law, for His Son, the one, the only one that we need to find peace and wholeness on the mountaintop.